Why don't you take your seats? And I'd like to say a huge thank you to Pastor Andrew and Pastor Marianne Harper for allowing me to come and speak at their church. Oh my gosh, how incredible are they? Senior pastors just doing an incredible job. I heard this, this, I'm the second person who got to preach on the new stage. Fantastic. Pastor Andrew didn't want me to speak while it was um, nice and shiny. He was worried I was going to do some dance moves. So for the Bay City family, there's going to be a, a nice gloss over the top. Hey, shout out to my girl over there, Maddie Harper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So shout out to my River's Edge crew. Yeah, came, came from the other side of the world. Fantastic. I feel like this is a big reunion. There's like Petersham crew here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fantastic. Uh, the Central Coast crew here. <laughs> Ripping in style. Inspire? <laughs> oh, okay, fantastic. Anyone from Bay City here? Yeah, come on. Fantastic. I wanted to start with a story um, from when I was about 10 years old. Is that okay? I was about 10 years old, and, and I don't know if this has ever happened to you. Um, when you're, your parents are preparing for a holiday, and... Um, and, and they use it against you every single second, right? So I'm from a Sri Lankan family, an ethnic family, hands up if you know what I'm talking about, where like, you know, it's like money's a big thing. And so for them to spend money on anything that's enjoyable, it's my fault. It's our fault as kids, and, and they hold it against us. And so we, we were getting ready to, to go on holidays, and my parents were like, if you're naughty... We will not take you. And I'm like, uh, like that would freak me out. I would actually get upset. I'd, I'd have nightmares sometimes. And, and, um, and so me and my brother will, will kind of get into these little fights. And, um, and then they'd, they'd do that. My, my, my dad will run into the room. My mom will run into the room. We're going on holidays and we won't take you. And I'm like, oh, okay, okay. We stop. We stop fighting. We kind of like go back to our own ring, you know, our own corner. And, um, and so we were preparing for a holiday, getting ready. And... Um, and this, this one day, me and my brother, we lived in apartments, and, and all the neighborhood kids would kind of come around our one apartment. Um, there was like a local shared ground to play in, and we were all kind of playing and stuff like that. And then all of a sudden, uh, we see our car driving off. And there was a lady in the, in the, in the front seat, a man in the, in, in, the, in the driver's seat, and people in the back. And all we could see was pretty fast was someone was wearing my mom's hat. And it was a lady, and she, they drove past. And me and my brother were like, they weren't lying about leaving us. We, we, were, we were freaking out. At this time, um, me and my brother were a little bit more heavier at the time. And, and so we, we're like chasing after this car. We're like, stop, stop, stop. Like, where, where are you going? We're, we're chasing after this car. It's driving out the driveway, heads down. And, and we are bolting after this thing. We're sweating. By this time, we're crying. I mean, my brother's lips are like, <laughs> I'm, I'm like, I'm freaking out too. I'll, I'll be honest. I was crying. I'm like, what's going on? We get to about halfway down the road and, and they've taken off. And, and all we see is this hand in the mirror just waving. And we're like, <laughs> we, we honestly have the worst parents ever. We're like, we're there, we're crying, we're looking at each other. I'm like, it's your fault. He's like, no, it's your fault. And we're like, we're like starting to have this little thing. And around the corner, we had, um, we kind of called them grandparents. Um, they would take care of us um, whenever my parents were working. And so we're, we're crying. We don't know what to do. We're distraught. 
I was about 10. My brother would have been about 13. And so we, we go around the corner. And we, we go to um, this family friend's place. And we're, we're banging on the door. We're like, our parents have left us. They finally did what they said they were going to do. And they left us. They, you know, they, we've been naughty. And, and so we're crying at the door. There's like snot and booger running everywhere. Tears going down our face. We look horrible. And so they let us in. They're like, oh, my gosh, your parents are horrible. Like, I know. You know? So we sit down. They make us food. And and we're just kind of like, they're trying to console us. They're like, it's going to be okay. Sitting there, and, and we're kind of just, the food comes out, and everything starts to get a bit better. We're like, we could get used to this, do you know what I mean? Like, this is, this is a good life. Who cares about holidays, right? Who cares about them? And so anyway, we're there, and then all of a sudden, the phone rings at our family friend's house that we're in. The phone rings, and they pick it up, and, and things, the atmosphere in the room just changed. Everything changed. It was like something went down on that, on, on that phone call, and me and my brother had no idea what was going on. And you know, kind of, you get that uncomfortable feeling when you're sitting down, you're like, oh. Like, it's like, I don't know what's about to happen. And, and they just look at us, and they're like, just, just stay here. Just stay here. And we're like, we weren't planning on going anywhere. Our parents left us. We we're planning on moving in with you guys. So they're like, stay here. And so, and so we're sitting there, and we're still kind of like, <laughs> as we're like about to eat. And then my uncle... My uncle, all of a sudden, we hear this another bang at the door, like, boom, 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 boom. He's like, Jason, Aaron, come out right now. And I was like, I felt like, I felt like it was Jesus calling Lazarus from the dead. I was like, but I felt like I was alive, but I'm about to die. And I'm like, my uncle's at the door, and he, he like screaming his head off, like, come out right now. And these guys are like, you're on your own. They're like, get, go, get, get out. And like, <laughs> like, take the food off us, snatch it out of our mouth, and then just send us out. So we're, we go outside, and, and, and my uncle literally grabs us both by the ears. It's, it's a talent. It's a Sri Lankan thing. Both by the ears, boom, ultimate pain, and then dragged us to our house. It would have been about a kilometer and a bit, right? So we're, we're dragging, like we're being dragged to our house by our ears. That's why I have long ears. That's why I've grown my hair long, so you can't see it from that day. Um, and, and so anyway, so... We get home, and I promise I'm not lying. As we got home, as the door opened, the front door opened, I felt like I was from the Matrix. My dad's arm went like this, like just swung across, and I like, whoa. I was like, my life flashed before me, or 10 years of it. I was like, whoa. Ran inside, and my auntie starts trying to protect me. She's like, no, no, don't touch him. It's okay. He doesn't know. He's chubby. And I was like, she's like, you know, leave him alone. She's protecting me. I'm hiding behind the couch. And then my dad's just getting to work on my brother. And I'm so confused. I'm like, you guys left us, and now you're bashing us. Like, I'm like, what, what's going on? Like, we were expecting a welcome home. You know what? We're so sorry for leaving you guys. The whole thing was a misunderstanding. You see, what happened was my parents had friends who came over that day, and they were just dropping them off at the train station. But who waves at their kids like that? Like, we, see you later. We're never going to see you again. Um, and so we were freaking out. My dad's just going crazy. Like, don't ever do that again. And we're like, oh, we're going to be dead, so we can't anyway. But what I want to title this message tonight is an unexpected welcome. Anyone taking notes? Anyone who's got a smartphone or a notepad? Fantastic. Title it, An Unexpected Welcome. Why don't we pray? Come on, let's pray. Heavenly Dad, I thank you so much. I thank you that you love us. I thank you that we get to hear your word. And I just pray that every heart here tonight is willing and ready to receive the word that you have to say for us, Lord. 
pray that would be good soil to hear what your spirit is saying to us tonight. Thank you that you love us. Thank you that you're here. In Jesus' name we pray. Everyone said? Amen. Amen. If you have your Bibles, we're going to turn to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6, verses 9 to 13. And many of you will know this verse. It's a famous verse. It's, it's famously titled, The Lord's Prayer, even though it doesn't make sense for the Lord to pray. We'll find out why. But uh, we're going to start in, in this passage. And I've, if, if you're taking notes, I've, I'll put this down as a, as a first point, as an unexpected prayer. We're getting to an unexpected welcome, but we're going to start with an unexpected prayer. You guys with me? Come on, if you know the prayer, why don't, you, why don't you read it out with me? It says this, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. As I was praying for us, I really felt the Holy Spirit um, prompt me to share this next verse. And I really believe that some of us here are actually in a season of our life where we're wrestling with this next verse. And it's Matthew chapter 6, verses 14. It says this, If you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. And I really felt on my heart to, to share that tonight because I, I believe that God is wanting to work in some of our hearts, some of those areas of forgiveness where maybe some of us have been holding on to things that, that God's just wanting you to release, to let go. But Matthew chapter 6, the Lord's Prayer, which is really the sinner's prayer, is such an unusual verse to me. For me, when I read it, I go, this doesn't work for me, Jesus. This verse that, 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 that you, you've given us, this prayer, this model to follow, it doesn't work for me. And let me tell you why. I don't know about you, but when I'm in trouble, um, the first thing I want to do is I want to butter you up. I mean, I'm like, I don't want to ask for anything. I'm like, you're so great. You're so amazing. Like, you, you're just fantastic. I want to say sorry. I mean, like, I want to just be like, I'm so sorry. I did the wrong thing. I, like, would you forgive me? I want to deal with the issue that's, that's between us. Do you know what I mean? I don't know about you. Have you ever had that with someone? You know, you walk past them and you brush past them, and there's that underlying thing that you're going, it's unresolved and it sucks. You, you know what I mean? You're like, oh, like, I just want to talk about it. For me, I'm like, I wish I could deal with my unforgiveness before I can talk about how good you are. Do you know what I mean? I'm like, I'm like, I want to talk about my unforgiveness. I want to talk about what I did wrong to you before I start to ask you of something. You with me? You know what I'm talking about? Because I feel horrible if I've sinned against you. And I'm like, hey, bro, can you like hook me up with some fresh kicks and, and a Nutella sandwich, please? Oh, by the way, I'm really sorry about what I did. Do, do you know what I mean? I'm like, I, I'd rather go, I'm, I, you know what I mean? Do it around. And, and I was thinking, if I could rewrite this passage, I would write it like this. Our Father in heaven, forgive us of our debts and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. That's the buttering up. That's like, God, you're so good. You're amazing. You're fantastic. On earth as it is in heaven, forgive those who have sinned against us and give us this day our daily bread. For me, I'm like, I want to get to what you want to bless me with at the end. God, can we just talk about my business? God, can we just talk about the sin that I feel that separates us? 
God, can we just work this out first before we get to my needs and what I want? I, I don't know about you, but that's, that's what goes on in my heart. I'm like, I just feel awkward. I feel weird to kind of ask God of something when there's this underlying sin that I haven't asked forgiveness of. But it's interesting. It's an unexpected prayer that I go, it doesn't make sense to me, Lord, that you would tell me to praise you and then to ask whatever I need and then to ask for forgiveness after. I don't know if you've ever thought about that and gone, that, that's a weird prayer, God. That doesn't sit right in my head. I don't know if you've ever, let, let me make it real. If you've ever been here in, 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 in a time of singing to the Lord and all you can think about is what you did that was wrong. All you can think about is the sin that, that, that kind of hovers over your head. Maybe that struggle, that desire, the temptation that seizes you. And you're there going, I just can't bring something to the Lord until I've dealt with it. You know what I'm talking about? That's what I mean when I, when I read this prayer. I go, God, it doesn't make sense. Like, it doesn't feel right to worship you and to give you honor and glory and then ask for something until things have been dealt with. But this is the unexpected prayer Jesus gives us to pray. Can we go to Genesis chapter 3, verses 8 to 13 for a moment? For unexpected response. Jesus gives us an unexpected prayer to pray, a prayer that we go, that doesn't sit right with me, God. And I, I believe it's clearly illustrated here in that first book of the Bible, Genesis, where the two first humans who were ever created are in a garden and they're told not to do one thing. Just one thing. You know what? There were two trees in the middle as well. Just as a side note, there were two trees. It's not like there was the one in the middle of the garden and it was like, yeah, 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 I'm, you know, I'm, a, I'm a punk, you do you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, 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 I'm going to make it real hard for you. There were two trees in the middle. Both of them looked amazing. And God said, don't eat off one of them. And we see what happened with Adam and Eve when they did what God told them not to do. What was their response? Their response wasn't, oh God, you're so good. And God, hey, today I really need help with naming that real tall thing with the weird looking ears. Because God, like you're amazing and I just want your will to be done. Hey, by the way, um, would you forgive us of what we... That wasn't their response. Their response was, oh, oh, dang, what, what did we do? They were like, um, we've sinned, um, let's hide. <laughs> let's get out of here. Let, let's just... Let, let's just Get as far away from God as we can. They, they clothed themselves because they realized that they were in their raw form, naked. They gave excuses. They blamed others. They didn't repent. And they had to deal with the consequences. Church, I'm trying to paint a picture here for us. I really believe a lot of us, we lean towards what Adam and Eve would do when we've stuffed up. I really believe that's, that, that's almost natural for us to go, God, I can't bring you something good. Maybe I'll blame my sin on someone. Maybe I'll, I'll point the finger at something else. Maybe I'll try to hide. Maybe I'll try to make up another facade and clothe myself in something else because I feel bad about what I just did. They sinned, they hid, they clothed themselves, they gave excuses, they blamed others, they didn't repent. And they dealt with the consequences. Can I just share this with you, church? Anytime, anytime you clothe yourself, you'll deal with the consequences. 
and I'll get into what I actually mean. But take that down if you're writing notes. Anytime you clothe yourself, you'll deal with the consequences. They knew what they did was wrong and they started sewing leaves together to cover their nakedness from God. They covered themselves, tried to hide. It leads me to Luke chapter 15 for an unexpected welcome. We have an unexpected prayer that doesn't sit right with the way we think and act. We have an unexpected response because it's interesting that when God comes down in Genesis chapter 3, he says this, he says, where are you? I mean, for omniscient God, thank you. You know what? Like, if only you were there in the garden, he'd have found them a lot quicker. Bring it back, bring it back. I, I, I don't know about you, but I find that very weird that God would respond in that way. Hey, hey, where, where are you? Adam, Eve, where are you? God, who is everywhere at once, omnipresent. Like, why does God need to say, hey, where are you? You know what I honestly believe? I believe God was giving them an opportunity. I really believe God was giving them an opportunity to, to, to maybe turn something around, to, to maybe repent, to, to maybe confess. Where, where are you? That's, that just blows my mind. God, you knew exactly where they were. You knew exactly what they had done. You knew what they were going to do before they did it, God. What would you ask? Where are you? Oh, man, our God is better than you think. He, he is more willing to forgive than you think. Come on, come with me to Luke 15, verses 11 to 32 for an unexpected welcome. An unexpected welcome. You guys there? Anyone got their, got their Bible? I was at a conference and the preacher kept saying, turn your Bible on. And I was like, there's no on button on this one. Got the real deal, eh? No, I'm kidding. Fantastic. You guys there? Luke chapter 15, we're reading from verses 11 to 32, and it says this. And Jesus said, there was a man who had two sons. Everyone say two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me my share of the property that is coming to me. And his father divided the property between them. Not many days later, the younger son gathered all he had and took, to it, and took a journey into a far country. And there he squandered his, his property in reckless living. And when he had spent everything, a severe famine arose in that country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country, who sent him into the field to feed pigs. And he was longing to be fed with the pods that the pigs ate, but no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have more than enough bread, but I am perishing here with hunger. I will arise and go to my father and say to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and before you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But while he was a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion, and ran and embraced him and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and before you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Bring quickly the best robe and put it on him, and put a ring on his hand, and shoes on his feet, and bring the fattened calf and kill it. 
and let us eat and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found and they began to celebrate. But now his older son was in the field. And he came and drew near to the house. He heard music and dancing. And he called one of the servants over and asked, What are these things meant? What are meant by these things? And he said to him, Your brother has come, and your father has killed the fattened calf, because he has received him back safe and sound. But the older brother was angry and refused to go in. His father came out and spoke to him. But he answered his father, Look, for so long, many years I have served you, and I have never disobeyed your command. Yet you never gave me a young goat that I may celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours came, who has, de- who has devoured your property with prostitutes, you killed the fattened calf for him. And he said to him, son, you were always with me. And all that is mine is yours. I just love hearing scripture. I don't know about you, but when I read through the word of God, it does something to me. I mean, I can't even count how many times I've read this story. How many times I've heard preachers preach on it. But every time I really believe God wants to speak something new into every single one of us. Amen? You see, this is the heart of God. Jesus would tell parables to explain to people who have never been to heaven. People who had never met his father in heaven. He's trying to explain to them, this is my father's heart for you. This is how my Father loves you. This is God's heart for us. This story of a son who would treat his father as though he was dead to him. You see, in their culture, you would only receive your inheritance when your parents had passed away, when your father had passed away. So when his son asked him for the inheritance, it was as though he was saying, Dad, you're dead to me. Give me what would be mine. And I'm out of here. We see this young man find himself in a spot of trouble, a place he never thought he'd ever be in. But he comes to his mind, he comes to his senses, and he says, I've got to go back home. Church, if we can turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 9 to 11, I want to read out a verse that's pretty confronting, but there's hope. The verse says this in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 9 to 11. It says, Don't you know that evil people won't have a share in the blessing of God's kingdom? Don't fool yourselves. No one who is immoral or worships idols or is unfaithful in marriage or is a pervert or behaves in a homosexual way will share in God's kingdom. Neither will any thief or greedy person or drunkard or, any, or anyone who curses and cheats others Some of you used to be like that, but now the name of our Lord Jesus Christ and the power of God's Spirit has washed you and made you holy and acceptable to God. Church, I want to tell you, some of us here who have been in a situation where we've run away from God, we've treated Him as though He's dead to us, God wants to tell you if you're caught up in sin, if you feel entangled by the things that this world may hold you in. The Bible tells us that there is hope for those of us who will turn to Jesus. There is hope for us that we can be washed clean by the power of 
of God. There is power in the name of Jesus. And I want to quickly finish off with this. The Father gave the Son three significant items. I'm going to finish with this. So, so, so lock in and we're going to zoom through this. The Father gave the Son three items of significance. The first one was a ring. His dad gave him a ring, and, and, and for us, we go, that's lovely, that's beautiful, something nice and shiny. But in their day and age, the ring symbolized authority. You see, whoever wore the ring that the father gave out were able to make orders as though the father was making it. This son who got the ring was given authority by his dad. The second item was shoes. Give my son some sandals. The significance of that is the son was thinking to himself, I want to return to my dad and just be a servant in his house. You see, servants in their day and age, they would not wear shoes. And that's why it's so important for the dad to go, no, 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 no. This is my son. And he goes, I'm going to restore his sonship. He's not just coming back to me as a servant. He's coming back as a son. And I'll finish on this. The robe. Check this out, church. The finest robe was meant for the oldest son. In their culture, the finest robe. I mean, the younger had another robe. Thank you, Jesus. It's not like that anymore. But the finest was reserved for the oldest brother. It was part of the oldest son's inheritance. But the dad calls for it. Bring the finest. Bring the finest robe. Can I just say, church, some of you here feel like you're the youngest son. Some of you here feel like, oh, yeah, yeah, I've turned away from God and and I'm so bad and I need to to turn back to God and need to repent. But church, I really believe that actually there's some of us here and we're actually the oldest son, but we just haven't caught a hold of Matthew chapter 6 verses 14. You see, there was unforgiveness in the oldest son's heart. It was crazy because he was close to his dad at home, but he was far from his heart. He was in his dad's house. But he didn't have his dad's heart. His unforgiveness caused him to be an outsider on his own property, a foreigner in his own field. That's what unforgiveness can do, church. I don't know who, who's here and who's struggling with unforgiveness, but I believe that the presence of God is able to resolve things in our heart. Can I share this, church? Forgiveness is empty without restoration. That's something to write down. Forgiveness is empty without restoration. Real forgiveness comes with real restoration. It's as though you'd never done it before. I'll wipe it clean as though it had never been done before. This son didn't just get forgiven. He was restored. This robe symbolized his place in the house. This robe represented his inheritance that he had from his father. Back to the robe that was meant for the older brother, but was given to the younger brother. The older brother missed out so that the younger brother could be covered. But this caused bitterness in the heart of the older brother. However, church, we've got good news. We have a Savior who didn't just come to give us a share in His inheritance, but came to give His life for us. 
Jesus, the very Son of God, came and laid, laid down his life so that you and I could be restored, so that you and I could be set free from, from sin, from guilt, from shame, and be completely forgiven. And church, this is really what I believe God wanted you to hear tonight. Even on your worst day, he's willing to forgive. Oh man, some of us approach God going, God, I can't bring you something that's of worth. God, I can't bring you a real heart of worship because I've got things in the closet. I've got sin that's hanging over my head. But I'm here to tell you tonight, church, even on your worst day, God is willing to forgive. Can we stand for a few moments, church? There's two types of people here tonight that I believe need to respond. With eyes closed, Maybe begin to pray and ask God, God, where am I in this story? Are you the oldest son? And there's unforgiveness in your heart. There's things in your heart that you're going, man, it's caused me to feel like an outsider in my own house. I feel like a foreigner here at church because there's things that I just haven't forgiven people of. And it's caused bitterness. It's caused resentment. I really believe God is wanting to heal hearts tonight. And there's the other group of us who need to respond to, to the good news of Jesus Christ. There's some of us here tonight who need to say yes to the gift that God gives us, eternal life. A relationship with God. So right now with all eyes closed, I want you to do business with God. I want you to work things out with God. And there'll be, there'll be a few pastors up the front who are happy to pray for people. But where are you in your walk with God? Is there someone who's taken your place? Someone who's stepped in where you thought you were meant to be? And it's produced unforgiveness. Are there things in your heart that you go, man, I need to deal with this? Because God wants you to know, oh man, there's freedom here. There's freedom. And with eyes closed, I'll finish with this. Son, you were always with me, and all that is mine is yours. That's the promise. That's God's word for us.